Hello, brothers and sisters. This week, I want to talk about the blessing of the fathers. Hallelujah. Glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I teach this word in in your name, Holy Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I ask for the spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom to be upon me and also upon the hearers. Give me seed to sow, Father, and give us, your children, bread to, to eat. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's go to the book of beginnings, which is Genesis. And let's start at verse 1. And at, um, I meant to say Genesis, the first chapter, and at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now we were made in God's image and likeness, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the express image, remember that, of the Godhead bodily. So God created man in his own image, and Jesus is the express image of the Godhead bodily, this means that we were created in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among men and we beheld not we now but the people that was living that day who was writing the scriptures they beheld the image of the father who was the Lord Jesus Christ full of grace and truth God in his original state is a spirit man in his original state is spirit So in the Genesis 1 man, he was created in the spirit realm. That's why it says male and female created he them. Because he spoke it in the spirit realm. We were created spiritually before we was breathed into the body. Even Christ was living before he came into the body. All things were created by Jesus Christ. And without him was not anything created that you see. Jesus existed before he came into his bodily form. You existed before you came into your bodily form. We are one with the Father. The Father is the Father's spirits. All our spirits the people that are born again, the people that are not born again, all spirits comes from the Father. The ones that are ordained to eternal life 
They're going to hear the teaching on the Lord Jesus Christ and they're going to be born again. That's who me and you are. So in the beginning, God has already blessed you. God created man in his own image. God is a spirit, right? And in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now, in spirit form, you are a spirit, which is the original man. Okay, so he, look, because I'm talking about the blessings of the Father. In verse 28, it says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, he's blessing them in the spirit form. Now, before a person in the flesh can become anything, they have to receive a blessing with words. See, in the first verse in Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And at verse 3, it said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God called, and God said, that's how he does it. He speaks things into existence. His manner of blessing people is by words. And so if you go back down, let's drop back now. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Male and female was in one body. You know, it's kind of like parably speaking, metaphorically speaking. We are the literal body of Christ. Now, we're many members, but we're one body. So to make that revelation be understood, God literally had them in one body. Now, we're not literally in one body now, but in the beginning, they were literally in one body, male and female, he uh, created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every, and every tree, in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for me. And, you know, and um, God blessed them, in the spirit form, he spoke words over them that was good. He didn't tell them they was cursed. He didn't tell them they was nobody's trying to be somebody. He didn't speak negative words over them. He blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. He told them to have dominion. He, he spoke positive over them. He gave them authority. He gave them dominion when they was in the spirit realm. Okay, so if God spoke words over them to cause the blessing to come, the original father speaking over the original creation, if he spoke words to bless him, we got to do the same pattern. See, because when you go to Genesis 2, and at verse seven it said, And the Lord form and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. 
Hallelujah. So God blessed them in the spirit realm, and then he put them into a body. So they was already blessed. And so when you drop down, they were so blessed, Adam Adam was naming everything. You know, he, he had the mind of Christ. And so when you drop down in Genesis 2 to the 21st verse, it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. We are bone of, of the Lord Jesus Christ bone and we are flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ flesh. That's why he said, you got to eat my flesh and you got to drink my blood. So all of this is 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 um what's the what's the word I'm looking for shadows and types. We are literally flesh of the Lord Jesus' flesh, and we are literally bone of His bone, spiritually speaking. And so God always do spiritual things first, and then He executed in the natural. See, because He wants you to have understanding. So the way you're going to bless your family, you're going to take your wife. And uh, wives, you can bless your husband. You can bless your children. You, you're going to bless one another by releasing positive words, prophetic words, encouraging words, words that's going to edify, words that's going to strengthen, words that's going to make life good for you, your loved ones, your city, your state, or whatever you're speaking over. This is the way you release blessings, and we are charged to, re- to bless and not to curse. I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Welcome on this Tuesday. Brother Derek with you once again. We're talking about the blessing of the Father. Glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, let my words flow like, livers, like rivers of living waters springing up into everlasting life. Give me seed to sow and give bread to the eater. Multiply my seed sown. Let the revelatory gifts be made manifest today, and let it let that anointing, Lord, be upon them that are hearing my words. Encourage, Lord. Bring revelation and peace, shalom, to their spirits. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, the revelation the Lord has given me is when he created the spirits in Genesis 1, he created thousands upon thousands upon billions of spirits, right? Male and female created he them. Then he blessed these spiritual beings in the original. And these spiritual beings crying out, give me a body, give me a body. And he chose Adam as the first person to release into that natural body. And he put the male and female into that natural body and sent it into the earth. Of course, he made Adam fall into a deep sleep and then removed the rib from him and, and made woman because it wasn't good for man to be alone. But they was both blessed. See, if you go back and read Genesis 1, he blessed the male and the female in the beginning. They were both blessed. And then he introduced them to the natural realm. But they was already blessed. They were seated with Christ 
in heavenly places. See, they were seated with God in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus came to do to bring us back to the original. In the original, the male and female was blessed. There was no curse. When sin came, the curse that was released upon man was he was going to have to work uh, through sweat, thorns, and thistles, so forth and so on. He's going to bring, uh, have to do hard labor. And the curse to woman was she was going to have pain doing childbearing, and her desire was going to be to her husband, and he shall rule over her. But in the original, they was partners. She was a helpmeet. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was supposed to rule over her. Now, every country that hadn't received Christ, you know, the man have the wife like a slave. She had to walk six paces behind her, can't have to be covered up, can't show nothing but her eyes and all that. She's oppressed. And that's why I wonder sometimes why these countries, why, why our country, and even the women in this country, and some of the men in this country, why they want to allow and they defend religions that want to oppress women. I can't understand why any woman would, would want to defend a religion, and you know which ones they are that oppress women, that makes women second-hand, uh, secondhand citizens. It's only the Lord Jesus Christ that frees people from slavery. Jesus didn't come to put men in slavery. He came to let my people go. Moses delivered the children of Israel out of slavery. See what I'm saying? When, whenever you see a spirit of witchcraft, control, intimidation, slavery, spirits, is is demonic. Anytime you want to oppress anybody, if you want to oppress a people, you want to oppress your wife, anytime you see stuff like that, it's a demonic power. It's bondage. Hallelujah. Genesis 5 and at verse 1, it says, this is the book of the generation of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him, male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day they were created. Hallelujah. He blessed them. He didn't put them under a curse. He told them to have dominion together. She was a help me. See what I'm saying? So when the, when the curse came, that's when all that stuff came. But see, the blessing was before the curse. Hallelujah. And so we're talking about the blessings of the Father. I'm trying to develop your mindset first. In Galatians, the third chapter, and in verse 13, Galatians 3 and 13, it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. So Paul writing to the Galatians, letting them know, because they were trying to get back on the rules and regulations of the law, he was letting them know that Christ have redeemed us from the curse. From the curse. Now, I know he was talking about the law of Moses. But can I say this? Jesus came to set the original back in motion. He came to give give, the man, give man dominion again that Adam lost. Adam lost his dominion when he sinned in the garden, and he gave his authority over to Satan. 
That's why Satan is called the God of this world. You see what I'm saying? Jesus came to redeem man back to his original place in God through Jesus Christ, that you may rule and reign as kings and priests like you supposed to have been doing from the beginning. See, what happened was when, when Adam authority was taken away from him because of the sin in the garden, he was put under a curse. Eve was put on a, under a curse. And Satan dominated men until Jesus came. See, God had to put them under the laws and rules and regulations. They had to have blood sacrifices, so forth and so on, because men were subject to sin. But see, Christ died on the cross and have forever paid the penalty for sin so that them that believe on Jesus Christ has been made righteous. Not that they're righteous. Well, they are righteous, but they was made righteous. Not by their own works, I should say. You are righteous, but not by your own works. It's because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11 chapter. And at verse 3. A lot of people misinterpret this, this scripture. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 3, it said, But I will have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, what kind of head is it talking about? It's talking about dominion. It's talking about divine order, that, that the head of every man, Christ is my head. But you know what? Christ has never said nothing evil to me. Christ has never done nothing wrong to me. Christ has not put me under slavery. He has delivered me from slavery. Who the Son of Man said free, he is free indeed. So as Christ being my head is setting me free and speaking positive over me, over me, right? Watch this. And the head of woman is the man. So what that means? If the man is the woman's head, what kind of head is he talking about? Is she his slave? No. He is a, a spiritual covering to her. She is not his slave, but he is a spirit. His divine job is to be a spiritual warrior for her. That's what this means. Her spiritual, Christ is making intercession for me, right? He is my advocate. He's my lawyer, not my condemner. The spirit of God don't condemn me. Hallelujah. He, he blesses people. See, he that believe it not is condemned. Not he that believe it. He that believe it is justified. So, so it should be the same. If you, your wife's head, she, she that believe it in you, she is just the same, same order. You know, of course you got to believe on Jesus, but I want you to get the revelation of it. See, the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered is on his head. What does that mean? Other words, having a spiritual covering. It's not talking about a hat or hair. You have to read the whole thing and read it with spiritual eyes. I don't have time to get in in great detail because I'm running out of time. But your your covering is not a man's covering. It's not, oh, I'm under bishop so-and-so. <clears throat> your covering is the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the woman is covered. See, it's talking about woman praying a prophecy out of her head. Her covering is a husband. In other words, it's a spiritual covering. It's a prayer covering. It is your job, brothers fathers to have a spiritual covering over your wives and your children. See, 
That's what I'm that's why I'm preaching on the blessing of the Father. I got a lot to say. I hate it, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Welcome on this Wednesday. I pray for you and I bless you. And I pray that the eyes of your understanding is being enlightened in the name of the Lord Jesus. That you'll have clear understanding, that you'll have clear knowledge, clear wisdom and revelation. That the Spirit of God is upon you and in you and activating upon you your spiritual senses. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We're talking about the blessings of the Father. Now, if I have to sum it up, what I'm trying to get you to do, brothers and sisters, is to use your words to speak over each other. Particularly fathers. You know, I'm focusing on <coughs> focusing on fathers, but this is for everybody. Quite often, you should get your wife, your children, even even friends, and you should ask them, can I bless you? And if they say yes, you should speak into their life. You know, I sustain you and I bless you, you know, with with, with a high-paying job. I bless you with good health. I decree over you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue is risen against you in judgment, I condemn in the name of the Lord Jesus. They should see you look into their eyes. They should see you lay your hands on their shoulder, or head, or however, whatever makes them comfortable. They should hear you use your voice and speak words of edification over them. Why? Because the power over death and life is in the tongue. Now, in the light of that, <clears throat> you have to understand that Paul was a highly spiritual man. And just like Jesus, he took natural things to explain a spiritual revelation. I didn't, You know, I touched on this yesterday, and I'm not going to stay on this because I don't want to bring any confusion because you're dealing with people at different levels of understanding. But in 1 Corinthians 11 chapter, a lot of people take that chapter and they think that has something to do with uh, uh, God commanding people to wear a hat. You know, you'll see some of the older saints, and there's nothing wrong with it. Beautiful hats, grandmama them wore. And uh, you'll see them all wrap, wrap a headband. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not telling you not to do it. But I want to I want to understand I want to show you what the covering was. See now he Paul did talk about the short hair and the long hair, but you have to understand he was using natural uh, customs to explain a spiritual revelation. He wasn't given a commandment to wear your hair a certain way or this and that. Just like people take another thing Paul did when he said not to plait another hair and and uh, wearing of apparel. They, you know, people in certain circles they think Paul said you can't wear jewelry and and you can't put on apparel. Well, they don't never say you can't put on apparel. They just only take this part where they say you can't wear jewelry or plait your hair. So these men are carnal, reading a spiritual book. And hadn't been filled, you know, I guess. They might be filled with the Holy Ghost, but they hadn't developed their spirit by by reading the word under under the knowing of Jesus Christ to get understanding. See, because the letter the letter kill it, but the spirit give life. So in first Corinthians eleven chapter, in that verse one it says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. 
But I will have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Paul said a but because he's just showing you God's authority. Jesus Christ is my head, but he, he, he's, he's everybody's head, right? But in the head of the woman is the man, <clears throat> and the head of Christ is God. Now, if you was ignorant, you would read that and say, well, the woman don't need to worship Christ. She needs to worship the man. That ain't what that means. You know, people, people got to be stupid if they believe that. You know, and I hate to use such a harsh word, but you stupid if you believe that, that this saying that the woman shouldn't, shouldn't worship Christ, you got to worship a man. That ain't what that means. So by you knowing that don't mean that, you you have to know this wasn't written to put people in slavery or nothing like that to, to, to each other. Christ is my head. You know what I'm saying? So it says, every man praying or prophesied, having his head covered. So now people start saying, uh-oh, now it's talking about your natural head. Well, but it wasn't talking about the natural head in, in the verse before that. It was talking about spiritual authority. But it's amazing how people go from spiritual authority and make the next verse natural. Every man praying or prophesied with his head covered this on his head. So, oh, I can't pray or prophesy with a hat on. That ain't what that's saying. Then say, but every woman that prayed or prophesied with her head uncovered, dishonored her head, for that is even as one as she was shaving. Oh, so now that means she got to wear a hat. It's not talking about that at all. It's talking about men, we supposed to be a spiritual covering over our wives, over our daughters. And it's saying the man need to take his proper authority as a warrior for the Lord Jesus Christ, as a spiritual warrior. Just like Christ is on the right hand of the Father, intercession for us. We're supposed to be giving intercession for our wives and our daughters and our sons, for that matter, for everybody. That is what it means. And then it go on and use natural things like natural hair. See, because Paul is, is a genius, you know, for, in the spirit realm. And so some people don't understand him. They start having rules and regulation by wearing hats and so forth and so on. And, you know, you can't correct people that's religious. Oh, no, they, they won't listen to you. They won't, you know, won't, won't, they, don't, they willfully remain that way. Well, but let's go to 1 Timothy. And the reason I brought that up, because if, if, if your wife is having trouble, man, you, God has already given you the authority to correct that. Not by arguing with her, not by trying to hurt her, but going to war for her spiritually. You have that authority. You have authority to walk for your wife spiritually, to walk for your children spiritually. It is your responsibility. Now, what 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 are you saying, brother? D? A woman can't walk for her husband? Certainly not saying that, because Paul revealed later that it's neither male or female in this thing. Glory, hallelujah. But I'm giving you a prayer point where you can engage the enemy, brothers. See, it's Father's Day week. That's why I brought this up. You got a prayer point if you want to engage the enemy. You say it is written. I am the head, spiritual covering over my wife. And Satan, I command you to take your hands off her. Take your hands off her finances. Take your hands off her body. And you know God is going to move swiftly because you're praying according to Scripture. Oh, yes. Yes. You're praying according to Scripture. And, 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 and so, women, you, you take a, a Scripture, and you say it's neither male or female with the Lord. So I take authority. Because the, the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. 
So in the name of Jesus, I command these evil spirits to come out from my husband. And see, you take that scripture. See, the word of God works when you know what scripture to use. See, see, that's why God says, study to show thyself approval. See, it honors him by knowing what his word says and taking the words of God to war good warfare. That's why we go in the first uh, Timothy, the first chapter and at the 18th verse. It says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies, which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Them mean many, right? Evidently, Timothy was around a group of people who loved to prophesy. They loved to speak words of edification upon him. They loved to use their words, the blueprint, and the map out of his life. And so you got to take the words. Now, if you done had negative words spoken over you, don't you can't walk with those. And Satan spoke those words. If, if, if you was growing up, you was constantly called stupid. <clears throat> you was constantly called slow. You was constantly called ugly. You were constantly called bad names, the B word, the N word, whatever. Yes, some people have been treated this way. But I come to tell you today that it's time for you to be blessed. I say you're blessed and not cursed. I say you're the head and not the tail. I say you're beautiful. I say you're intelligent. I often speak that over myself because your faith is made effectual by the knowledge of every good thing that is in you. So Paul is telling Timothy that he want him to take the prophecies that then went before on him and war with those prophecies. If somebody spoke that you're supposed to have a worldwide ministry, say, Lord, I think I have a worldwide ministry. People are listening to me or whatever prophecy it is. You're supposed to own your own business. Whatever it is, you got to take those prophecies to war a good warfare. Now, if it's negative words, you got to pull down those words and, and stomp them down, but let the righteous and the good things be released upon you. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. Glad to be with you once again. We're talking about the blessings of the Father. Glory to the Lamb of God. I thank you, High Priest, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is on the throne right now making intercession for me and for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for the words that you're speaking over us. Thank you for your prayers over us. Thank you for dying upon the cross. Thank you for shedding the blood for our sins. And we glorify you, and we thank you that we are be, we have been seated together with you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings, that we are accepted in the beloved, that we are healed in our bodies, that we are delivered from poverty, glory because of your sacrifice into abundance, that we're blessed. That our children are blessed, for we believe on you, Lord Jesus Christ, and our, our household is saved. I thank you for what you've done. And I hold fast to my confession, and to all the promises are made manifest. Because we already have it, Father, and I thank you for it in advance. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, in the Old Covenant, God told Aaron to bless by using words. See, a lot of people think blessing is, oh, I got blessed, I found $20. Well, that's fine to find it, but you found it because words was being spoken over you. Anything good, say, well, I'm blessed, God made me a, a great athlete. Well, you're a great athlete because somebody somewhere spoke words over, over, over their descendants, good words. They might have said, man, my son going to be blessed athletic. You, you don't know what your ancestors have said. 
I remember the prophet one time, my wife was pregnant, she prophesied when she was pregnant with, with Zacharias. She said, he is a promise seed. Well, I didn't know nothing about that, and I proceed in my spirit. He's a seed from what some of my ancestors might have prayed a prayer, and God gave them a promise. But see, I purposely gave the younger, younger ones because I got born again. I purposely gave them biblical names because I had an understanding that when you name a child something, that they take the personality of that name. That's why God would often change names. He changed Jacob's name to Israel, Saul named to Paul, so forth and so on, and give him a new name. He even talks about that in Revelation, that he'll give you a new name. Well, the words have power, so that's why he changed Abram to Abraham, because words have a power. Whenever you speak that name, like my name be one who likes to, it means one who likes to rule. So when when you when you speak positive over somebody or call them by their name or whatever, you're speaking what they are into existence. So words are very powerful. So don't give your kids unpleasant nicknames. Don't call people out of their name. You know, I, I used to work with a guy, and I wasn't even born again. They, they had an unflattering nickname. And by me liking the guy, I didn't like it. it it's so embarrassing, I'm not going to even say it on this broadcast. But I, I, I told him, I said, man, don't let people call you that. And when we started a campaign to change his nickname back to his name, see what I'm saying? I didn't even know nothing about this revelation. Well, in number six, in that verse um, 22, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his son, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them. So God said, Moses, the high priest, <clears throat> sons of Moses, they were to serve, serve in the priesthood. And now you have been made kings and priests. We don't have a natural high priest anymore. Jesus is the high priest. Just like the high priest of old offered the sacrifice. You, you know the high priest had offered the sacrifices, right? Well, they did it in the time of Jesus. Who delivered up Jesus? The high priest, Caiaphas and Annas. The high priest killed Jesus. They killed the sacrifice, but they didn't know they was. And then the people said, his blood be on us all. They didn't know what they were saying. They were saying it in an evil way, but they said the right thing. They killed Jesus. Cosmo said, you have no, you people know nothing at all, how this one man must die for the sins of many. And the Bible said he spake this thing by the Holy Ghost, not knowing what he was saying. Then God called the children of Israel, when they were saying crucify him, crucify him, he said, his blood is going to be on y'all. They said, yeah, let his blood be on us and our children. You remember that? So the blood of the lamb, the high priest killed the killed Jesus, and his blood is upon them and their children. So God never breaks his pattern. Under the old covenant, they killed the natural lamb, and you transferred your sins to them. Under the new covenant, they killed the human spiritual lamb, and you transfer your sins to him, and your, his blood is upon us. What a great God. So, So under the old covenant, he told the priest, he says, bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, verse 24, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. I say that to you right now. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Now his name is revealed now. 
And so I sealed this by putting the name of Jesus Christ upon you all. Now, let me say it again. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give thee peace in the name of the Lord Jesus. He put your name upon Now, that's how God told the priest to bless the people under the old covenant. Now, under the new covenant, because we're not under the old priesthood, you cannot do ordinances and ceremonies of the Old Testament to, to cause ministry or anything to, to be activated. See, under the New Testament, it's activated by you getting in the person present because we don't have that old Levitical priesthood no more. We have a forever priesthood out of the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek had an endless life. He was without mother and without father, without beginning of days, without end of life. So Jesus has taken up that ministry, the same ministry. Melchizedek and the father, he didn't have a mother father. Jesus has taken up the ministry of Melchizedek as the high priest. It's not the sons of Aaron anymore. And the way you bless under the new covenant, see, if I go to the book of Acts, I don't know if I have time. Let, let me, let me um, go to Acts, the 13th chapter. And at verse 2, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost says, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. See, the Holy Ghost is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, the Lord is that spirit. And what the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, the Holy Ghost. The Lord is that spirit. So the Holy Ghost said, oh, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Lord is the Holy Ghost. He says, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I have called them. This Jesus Christ doing this high priestly uh, ministry. Finna set people apart for ministry. Not out of the old ceremonies and old things that they used to do in the old covenant. But they do it a new way. All right, at verse 3 it said, when they had fasted and prayed, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So the way under the new covenant is to speak words. What is praying? Praying is speaking words, right? It said after they had fasted and what? Prayed and laid their what? Hands on them. See, they laid their hands on them and what? Spoke words over them. Why? To cause their ministry to be activated. Now, how did they know that they were supposed to have this particular ministry? Because the Holy Ghost told them this. The Holy Ghost spoke to them and said, separate these fellas for ministry, for ministry. And then they laid what? Hands on them. When they laid hands on them, the, the Spirit of God increased upon them, and they were able to operate in ministry. They didn't have to do an old uh, uh, ritual like they did under the old covenant, see? See, in 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and at verse 14, it says, this Paul writing to Timothy, he said, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which were, was given thee by prophecy. How was it given? Wasn't given by Old Testament ceremony. It was given to Timothy, what? By prophecy. We, we covered earlier where, where words were being spoken over him all the time. It was given him by what? Prophecy. With the laying on of the hands of the presbytery, of the ministers, they laid hands on Timothy, and they prophesied over him. And when they did that, 
his ministry increase. I might have to get somebody to lay hands and prophesy with me so my ministry to increase. That's how you, it's done under the new covenant. Because how is it done? By the blessing of the fathers, all the elders. How many get it? Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers. And we're talking about the Father's blessing. I bless all the hearers of this word. Ladies, brothers and sisters, I call you blessed. I call you highly favored. And I speak over you as a father that the wisdom of God is increasing upon you even now. I impart unto you the spirit of revelation. I impart unto you the spirit of reading. If you receive anything from me, it'll be the spirit of reading. Read in the name of Jesus. I impart that spirit. It's a spirit that comes upon you, that you're going to read the word and that you're going to read spiritual books and that you're going to grow exceedingly in wisdom and revelation. I release that anointing upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, you only give corporately like that what you have. But because you have a certain spiritual authority over certain ones in your family, the words you speak over them, it, it makes a difference. And because of time, I'm going to summarize some things right now. Like the 48 or 49 chapter of Genesis, the first three of Israel's children. Jacob and Israel is the same person. The first three of them received a negative prophecy. And it, it had an effect on their life. But the fourth child was Judah. He received a positive pro prophecy. And it had an effect. Jesus Christ ended up coming through the tribe of Judah. You know, what, what if he would have gave that same prophecy to Levi? See, Jesus would have had to come through Levi. How many understand that? The words that are spoken over your children, because God was already setting up those 12 tribes. And, of course, I believe Israel was under the influence of the Holy Ghost. But, you know, all things don't have to be under God's influence. You know, God told Adam, whatever Adam called it, that's what God agreed with. Do you know God can be so pleased with you? Well, he'll agree with your words and make your words become his words. You are one with him. You know how he make your words become his word? Because he asks whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. If it come to pass, he has made your word become his word. Oh, somebody, don't miss it. Genesis, the 25th chapter, and at the 30th verse. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. See, Jacob had a revelation of words. Now let's go up a little bit before that. Hallelujah. At verse 28, it says, And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, let's drop back now. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Jacob had a revelation that the words spoken over him was better than anything. You need to get that same revelation. The words that are spoken over you by others and by yourself. See, your words over your own self can nullify words that have been spoken over you by others. That's why you have to have a, a good confession. 
And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? You know, he despised that birthright. He said, it's not going to profit him, right? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto them, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Now, the birthright means the firstborn got the blessing. But see, it's also a blessing. They, the, that was the birthright, but it's a blessing to go along with that also. And let's see, can we find uh, what this is all about in Genesis, the 27th chapter? And it came to pass that verse 1, when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so they could not see, he called Esau his elder son and said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, him, him, here I am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old, and I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison. I might read fast because I don't have a short amount of time. <clears throat> and make me some savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me that I might eat, and that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. Hallelujah. So he, he, he finna get the blessing. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father preadventure will fill me, and I, sh and, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse. You know, Rebecca ended up dying during childbearing. See what she just spoke? And then Jacob also spoke, Whoever stole that idol, let him die. So that's how Rebecca died. See, see, your words have power. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. I got that a little wrong. That was another thing uh, Jacob Israel spoke over his wife, and she ended up dying because of that. Pardon me. And Rebekah took good raiment of her elder son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thou firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. <laughs> and Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. 
And Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned them not because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hand. So he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me. I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came there and kissed him, and he smelt the smell of his raiment, and blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord have blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brother, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that cursed thee, and blessed be he that blessed thee. And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from hunting. Glory, hallelujah. And that's, you know, there's a lot more you can read it. But anyway, to make a long story short, Isaac had a revelation of the spoken words, the blessing words over his life. Brothers and sisters, you got to get a revelation of that. And when you get a chance, go read uh, the latter chapters of Genesis. I think like Genesis 47, what what, what uh, Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. He said, your two sons are mine. He blessed Ephraim and Manasseh, blessed them. And then he spoke blessings over about eight of his, nine of his sons. The other ones didn't get a good word. And see, your words over your children availed much, especially from the fathers. So I charge you, this Father's Day fathers, get a hold of your younglings, your wives, and speak godly good words over them so that they may be blessed in your home. Have a great Father's Day. I love you. Be blessed.